Hey everybody, welcome back to this little library. I am a failure. You guys remember how after that triple update, I was like, I'm gonna get my stuff together and I am going to record podcasts on time. I failed. Everything is busy. It's terrifying. So hopefully I'll just continue to do this podcast on the days that I said that I was going to broadcast, but probably more like on a when I remember kind of basis. So Apologies again for that. Hopefully those of you listening are not going to be super upset by my lackadaisical schedule from here on out. So thanks again for those of you who have been tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy. So sorry I skipped that 15th monthly check-in. I will try and do the next one, but for now I'll just go ahead and continue reading. So this is Chapter 5 of Hidden in Glass. Thanks again for tuning in. Coming to the call, Chapter 5. Hello? Can anybody hear me? Brendan sat straight up in his bed as he heard the call for help. Slowly and quietly, he crept out into the hall, following the calls only to the stairs. They weren't coming from downstairs, and Brendan, being afraid of the dark, rushed back into his room, grabbing his new torch and his pocket knife with its blade drawn, just in case. He followed the voice down Letty's wing, and when he got to her room, he peeked in, wondering why she couldn't hear the cries, even though they were coming from the room right next to her. Brendan listened closely to find that she had her MP3 player cranked all the way up and was asleep with it on. Brendan rolled his eyes and shut her door, slowly looking to where the voice was coming from, behind the door, the door that Mr. O'Brien had told them to never open. What if someone was really in trouble in there? Brendan slowly reached out for the knob, and when he turned it, he quickly stepped in, turned the light on, and shut the door rapidly behind him. When he was inside and the door was closed, he looked around to see if anyone else was in there with him, but no one could be found. The room was completely empty except for a small bench, a dresser with a small jewelry box on it, and a window across from the door. Brendan cried out but got no answer, and he slowly looked at the mirror that hung above the dresser. The frame was very ornate, and he couldn't help himself. He lightly ran his fingers across the golden frame and was startled when the glass of the mirror shimmered. What he saw next made him scream and drop his torch. The glass changed to some sort of window, and Brendan started to wonder if he was seeing things. There was a man, a young man, leaning on the other side of the mirror, chained to a wall. The man was immediately called to attention when Brendan screamed, and he put his index finger to his lips, signaling Brendan to be silent. Brendan slapped his hands over his mouth. The man leaned forward and peered at him, whispering, How did you do that? Do... Brendan slowly uncovered his mouth. Do what? The thing with the sun. The man pointed to the light switch that Brendan had turned on. Brendan clicked it again, causing the light to turn off, and the man grew even more excited. Do it again! Brendan clicked it once more and slowly sat down on the bench. How did you get stuck on the other side of that mirror the same way you're over there? What do you mean? Brendan looked cautiously at the man's shackles, curious of what he was in there for. The man sighed. You obviously don't know about the world's great. You do know that there's a whole other world over here, don't you? There is? Brendan quickly stood and pressed his fingers against the glass, finding that it was solid. But how? The man sighed again and slid against the wall, sitting. I hate to be proper, but maybe it would be wise to make introductions first. Oh. Brendan went back to his bench and sat down again. I'm Brendan. Blackknife. Blackknife grinned and leaned on the stone wall of his cell. Brendan looked at him strangely. That's a peculiar name, Blackknife. Brendan? Blackknife imitated him and gave him the same look, smiling. If I do say so myself, that name is just as weird. Right? How do I get over there? Blackknife suddenly became very defensive. Easy now, you don't want to come over here. If you haven't noticed, I'm kind of chained to a wall. Why? Just full of questions, aren't you? 
My master, I've been looking for something very important to him, and I haven't found it yet. He's very angry with me. Brendan cocked his head to one side. He's mad over a little thing like that? Little. Black Knife chuckled solemnly and put his fingers to the bridge of his nose. You wouldn't understand. You're only a child. A child? Brendan stood and placed his hands on his hips. I can understand things. I am twelve. Black Knife rolled his eyes. Then where is your plow? You're old enough to work a field. What field? Brendan was confused. We're in the middle of a forest. Never mind. Black Knife paused. Let's just say my boss is in dire need of a key. A very special key. I don't think it's in my world anymore. I think it's in yours. Brendan looked around. Here? Maybe not there, there, but somewhere over there, yes. How do you get over here to get it? Black Knife looked at him sarcastically. You know, it's funny. You're so willing to trust. What do you mean? I mean, Black Knife grinned maliciously, that maybe you should get to know who you're about to unchain. Brendan took a few steps back. If you were really a bad person, you wouldn't be telling me to be careful. Smart thinking, but not smart enough. I could be saying that to make you think that I was a good man, but suddenly I would be over there slitting your throat. That's called reverse psychology. Black Knife grinned again. Uh, Brennan reached for the doorknob unsteadily. I'm not dreaming, am I? Black Knife laughed. Oh no, this is perfectly real. Anyway, you couldn't get me out of here if you wanted to, unless... Unless what? Brendan slowly picked up his pocket knife and hid it behind his back. Unless you were an artist, you'd have to draw me out. Once my image was on the paper, I could come through. You'd have to be considerably good, though. I don't want to come out with my eyes on the side of my face. Brendan smiled and peeked out the door at his sister's room. Letty, my sister can draw, but it's, it's four in the morning. She'll get mad at me if I go in there and interrupt her beauty sleep, telling her that there's a man in my mirror. Well, not my mirror. Whose mirror is it, then? Black Knife tugged on one of his chains absentmindedly. My parents died only a week ago. We moved in with this man named Mr. O'Brien. Brendan yawned loudly, but Black Knife paid no heed. He looked as pale as a sheet. Brendan looked at him strangely. What's wrong? Did, did you say O'Brien? Describe him to me. What does he look like? Uh, red hair, weird colored vests and bow ties, never wears a jacket over his suit. Black Knife began to laugh, and he finally looked at Brendan's confused eyes. Wow, what a coincidence. I can't believe it. What? Brendan cautiously clicked off his torch. Do you know him? A loud thud came from close behind Black Knife, and torchlight was seen reflecting on the damp walls. Black Knife's eyes were wide, and he quickly pointed at the light switch. Turn it off quickly and hide! Brendan dove down by the dresser out of sight of the mirror, clicking off the light on his way. He held his breath as he heard footsteps coming close to Black Knife. He heard Black Knife flinch as the other person approached him, but the other person laughed. Black Knife, so cautious, are you? No, sir, just half asleep. Black Knife yawned, and Brendan had to keep his hands over his mouth to steady his breathing. He did not like that voice. Do your hands feel better? Black Knife paused. He sounded scared. Yes, sir. Oh, goodness, Black Knife, would you quit it with the formality already? The other man laughed. But you said, forget what I said. Brendan heard the man sit down. I apologize for that. I was, I was angry. Black Knife's shackles rattled when he sat, his voice still tainted with fear. It's all right. It's fine. Tomorrow's going to be quite a day, isn't it? The man was talking like Black Knife wasn't his prisoner. I know where that hero plans to go. He's going to speak with the mage of Forbanistad, who is probably going to send him to the Tomb of the Ancients just out in the Endless Oaken. That is the last place my key was seen, from what I know. In a day's time, I want you to go there and wait for him. Your mind will think of something to do from there. Yeah, my devious, devious mind. Black Knife seemed to say that with an edge in his voice, like he was trying to make it funny, but trying to hide the pain in his voice as well. We've used that mind so many times, haven't we, Diablos?
Diabolos, that word rung through Brendan's head like a fire burning through all of his previous questions he had been pondering on only seconds before. That name didn't really match the man's voice, and the way Blackknife had said it with respect and fear made Brendan shudder. Diabolos just laughed. Indeed we have. Remember that time when you were small just after I had recruited you? I wanted to see you kill for me again, and we had that butcher thinking you were a performer? Mm-hmm. Blackknife didn't laugh. I do. I remember how we got him into that alleyway where you were supposed to perform, then blam! He went out like a flame on the wick of a candle. Diabolos was laughing like he had just seen one of those Saturday morning cartoons that Brendan liked to watch. Blackknife sounded like he had swallowed a couple of rocks. Yeah, and it was all my idea. Be happy. It sounded like Diabolus was unlocking Blackknife's shackles. You've improved so much since then. The stealth of a fox, the eye of a hawk, and those powers that Satyrian gave you? Oh yes, the old woman then gave me such a wonderful dosage of poison earlier, and the same old woman that I now officially hate. The sound of metal rattling against the stone floor echoed through the prison and Diabolus stood. Don't be that way, you know you love it. He hesitated. Are you coming? You're free to go now. No. Blackknife sounded like he was trying to think up a good lie. I want to look at it a little longer. You've been looking at it for seven hours now. Blackknife rested his hand on the glass, but I want to see the sunrise. Fine, come up when you please. You are to leave for the desert when your shadow points to the northeast. After a few moments, Blackknife leaned against the glass and lightly rapped. Hey, Brendan, did you fall asleep down there? Not yet. Brendan slowly stood and glared at Blackknife. Kill, is that what you do for a living? Murder? You don't understand. I understand clearly. Brendan pointed his pocket knife at him menacingly. You wanted to come over here and kill me. Black Knight took a deep breath, trying to cool himself. No, I wanted to come there for help. Help. Brendan slowly lowered his knife. What do you mean, help? I mean, my world is falling apart. Diabolos, I guess I better explain, shouldn't I? Brendan nodded, and Black Knight sighed. My master, by using a key, he unlocked a door. By unlocking a door, he gained immortality. Now he raids towns, burns houses, and kidnaps women like my friend Vea to be maids for him. Sometimes, help just walks up to the door like the old woman Satyrian. She just showed up one day, offering Diabolos help by casting runes to foretell the future. To put it simply, Diabolos kills, steals, and burns things, leaving behind his signature. Which is... Brennan's hands were trembling, so he clenched them into fists to get them to stop. Blackknife's face became very grave. Red soot. When he burns something, he throws this dust he gets from Satyrian into the fire to get it to leave behind that color. When he kills someone, he leaves the soot on their bodies, and when he abducts someone from their bed at night, red soot is all that is left in their place. Red? Red. As red as the color of the poppies that would grow in the fields near Mr. O'Brien's house. As red as the lipstick that his mother used to wear when she and his father would go out dancing. As red as a drop of blood. Is something wrong? Black Knight's face swarmed with concern, but all Brendan did was shakily grab the doorknob, turning the light off as he went, and dart down the hall, hot tears stinging his cheeks. When he got back to his room, he ripped the key out of his dresser, jumping under his sheets with it as he always did when he was scared. His hands were trembling so hard he could hardly hold the key. The man who wanted it had killed his parents. He didn't know how, and he didn't know why. He just knew that first thing in the morning he would show Mr. O'Brien the man in the mirror so that he could make sure that Black Knife would never get a hold of it. He wanted his father more badly than ever at that moment to come and tell him stories about Spain and astronauts and fun things that would help him fall asleep. Trembling under his covers, he felt the rough, rusty outside of the key and drifted off to sleep with fire in his nightmares. In the morning, Brendan jumped up and searched for anything that looked like a string. When he found some fishing wire in an unused drawer in his dresser, he quickly tied it around his neck, slipping the key onto it and tucking it into his shirt. As he looked out of the door, however, instead of going downstairs, he went directly into the forbidden room to make sure Blackknife was still there. He was, solemnly gazing out the window that led up to a rooftop somewhere on the side of Mr. O'Brien's house that Brendan hadn't noticed before. 
Before Black Knife could say anything, Brennan grabbed his pocket knife and flashlight. When he darted out of the room, he could hear Black Knife call for him, but before Brennan could even go down the stairs, he stopped at the strangest noise. La 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 la, I like taking showers. La 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 la, eating fish sticks after hours. Dun, 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 dun. The obnoxious singing was mingled with the sound of running water. Brennan slowly looked backward toward the bathroom on Letty's wing, seeing steam pouring out of the bottom of the door. Checking his watch, Brennan saw that it was 6.30, half an hour earlier than Miss Mirandy had told them to wake, and he wondered if Letty was the one in the shower. He rolled that out, however, when the voice started a second verse about calamari. The voice was low and had a thick Hispanic accent, much different a voice than Letty's could ever be. Brennan knocked on the door and the voice got snappy. Oi, I am trying to take a shower in here. In a girl's bathroom? Brendan opened the door and was startled by a high-pitched scream. Another strange man was again in Mr. O'Brien's house, but this time in his shower. The man quickly wrapped himself in the shower curtain and Brendan's jaw dropped. Why does this keep happening to me? I don't have any idea what you're talking about, but don't you know about this little thing called privacy? Brendan put his knife into his pajama pocket. This man didn't seem to be as much of a threat as Black Knife. You're in my sister's shower? Holy pink hair gel! The man looked stunned, like when you put some types of lizards under a light. You have a sister? I thought this stuff belonged to- Okay, heck, I don't know who I thought this stuff belonged to. You used my sister's stuff? The man slowly put a bottle that was in his hand down. Great, gringos, what have I done? I don't know what you're doing, but you better get out fast before my sister wakes up. I don't know what you're doing, but you better get out fast before my sister wakes up, which is in- Oh, ten minutes, that's impossible. Nothing is impossible for- The man threw it in a dramatic pause and- added a dance move that looked like he was trying to wipe off his back from side to side with an invisible towel. Enrique the Iguana. Brennan gave him a funny look. You have got to be kidding me. Quick, Enrique pointed to a heap of clothing that was on the edge of the sink as he turned off the shower, and Brendan did as he was told out of fear of his sister blaming him for this. Enrique changed into his clothes quicker than lightning and was soon getting his hair into messy spikes. It was then when Brendan got a really close inspection of him. There seemed to be two different types of tattoos on Enrique's arms, face, and even neck. The first were painted in the shapes of scales, but they glimmered in the light, which made Brendan wonder if they were only tattoos. Next were two obviously inked crescent moon shapes in the form of circles on his cheeks. Brendan couldn't think about what animal they reminded him of as he and Enrique slipped out of the bathroom only to meet Letty in the hallway. What were you two doing in my bathroom, Brendan? And who is this? Well, uh, you see, I, I, I was, uh... Brendan searched his mind for an excuse, but found he wasn't as good as lying as Black Knife. My name is Enrique, senorita. Enrique, in a gentlemanly manner, lightly kissed her on the hand. A pleasure to make your acquaintance. Letty seemed charmed. Colette, but you can call me Letty. A beautiful name, Colette. Enrique smiled sweetly. I need to ask you, of course, to... Forgive me, I had no idea we had new guests, you and... Brendan, Letty politely interrupted. Enrique smiled again. Brendan, must have moved in either last night or early... Er, this morning. That bathroom had been mine previously, and... Oh, it's no problem. Letty blushed as Enrique's yellow eyes fell upon her face, and Brendan noticed that Enrique's pupils were slitted like a snake's. You can use it whenever you like. Ah, oh, seriously? Enrique grinned and looked like he was about to thank her when suddenly he looked downstairs. Oh, breakfast is on the table. Enrique jumped on the railing and slid down it with expertise, and Brennan rushed down after him, finding Mr. O'Brien at the table where every breakfast dish imaginable was laid. Brennan sat to Mr. O'Brien's left again, and Enrique sat next to Brennan, hungrily snatching up as many different fruits as he could get. Brennan thought that it was odd that he only picked the exotic fruits, mangoes, bananas, and coconuts. With the whole coconut not cracked or anything, he knew how to get it open, even without a knife. Mr. O'Brien took a sip out of his coffee and smiled merrily at the two. "'Good morning, Brendan. Enrique, I see you made yourself at home upstairs where you know you're not allowed.' 
Ah, I'm sorry. Enrique took a sip of coconut milk and grinned. I was so tempted by the, the newly occupied bathroom feel. You know your boundaries, though, Enrique. You know you're not supposed to leave the study. Mr. O'Brien's voice was stern and obviously meant to be obeyed. Enrique shied back into his collar. Senor, I was just trying to be friendly to- I don't want to hear it. Mr. O'Brien was about to continue, but Miss Mirandi entered the dining room, a worried expression on her face. Mr. O'Brien stood quickly and exited with Miss Mirandi, making Brendan think that he was being very suspicious. That was weird. Brendan quietly heaped a few giant pancakes onto his plate. Enrique said nothing and popped a piece of mango into his mouth, still tucked back into his collar. A long silence passed between the two until Brendan finally broke it. But why, why can't you leave the study? Enrique seemed to bite hard into a chunk of banana. You, you wouldn't understand. Why does everyone keep telling me that? Brendan slammed his hands loudly on the table, not knowing his own strength. All right, all right, all right. Enrique started to dig coconut meat out with his fingers. Allow me to rephrase. I can't tell you. Brennan looked confused. Why not? House rules. Mr. O'Brien has many secrets, including me, and you might as well get used to it. Oh, yeah. Brennan quickly jumped to his feet and skidded out into the hallway, finding Mr. O'Brien in the hall talking gravely to Miss Mirandi. When they saw him, however, they stopped talking immediately. Brendan felt like his tongue was at the back of his throat, and he couldn't talk quickly enough. M Mr. O'Brien, I, I was- and it was- it was early, and there was a man, but there was another man, too! Mr. O'Brien gently covered Brendan's mouth with his hand. Slow down, lad. You have to see this. Brendan grabbed Mr. O'Brien by the wrist and pulled hard, causing the elder of the two to stumble, and soon the two were tripping up the stairs and into the forbidden room. Black Knife stood, shocked by Mr. O'Brien's presence, apparently. He looked so unhappy he was going to burst. Brendan pointed to him. Is he why you won't let us in here? Brendan. Mr. O'Brien crossed his arms. This is my father's room. It was the room he died in. I told you to not come in here. Black Knife stared angrily, banging his fists against the glass. Pfft. My dead father? What kind of lie is that, Mordecai? Mordecai. The name sounded strange and alien to Brendan, and he swore that earlier Mr. Bow had called Mr. O'Brien Stanley. Mr. O'Brien slowly looked dumbfounded by the sound. Brendan, did you hear that? M Mordecai? Black Knife started to panic. He banged his fist harder against the mirror. Mordecai, answer me! Don't you see him? Brendan gestured to the mirror. Don't you see Black Knife? Mr. O'Brien peered farther into the glass. Well, I do see a devilishly handsome-looking young man, if I do say so myself. You idiot! Black Knife hit the glass right in front of Mr. O'Brien's face, but got no reaction. Thanks for nothing. He stormed off, and Brendan slowly sank down onto the bench and muttered to himself, He can't see them. He can't see beyond the glass. Brendan. Mr. O'Brien sat lightly on the bench next to him, looking concerned. Are you feeling all right? I'm fine. Brendan looked up again at the empty cell and stood, quietly leaving the room and entering his own on the opposite wing. What kind of crazy house was this? Strange people, weird instances, and all in the first night of staying here? Slowly, as Brendan sat on his bed, he opened a book with a knight battling an evil magician on the front and wondered if he hadn't just popped into a fantasy novel himself. Alright, that's the end. That chapter was kind of long, so hopefully I will get back to you guys on Wednesday with the next chapter. Fingers crossed. I love reading this stuff, and it makes me super sad that I don't have all the time in the world to just do this all the time. So again, thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to give me feedback, you can go to the Hidden in Glass Facebook page. Just search Hidden in Glass on Facebook if you guys are interested.
and let me know what you guys think. Um, that probably would be a little bit easier than sending me an email, which I haven't given to you guys yet, and I was totally supposed to do that on the check-in, and I didn't. So if you guys have any comments or anything that you would like to leave me, just go ahead and search Hidden in Glass on Facebook and leave all the comments that you want. I will be super glad to reply to all of them. And so thank you, and I hope you guys have a great beginning of your week.